0: I always say to people, at least when you're in pain, you know you're alive. So, how fast are we
1: going then? We're going around 12 kilometers an hour.
0: So, altogether, uh, how long do you have to keep the pace up for?
1: Uh, for 24 hours. What? 24 hours.
0: If you don't think that Luku's running fast at 12k an hour, uh, give it a crack at 8, 9, 10k an hour and you'll start to see exactly what I'm talking about. You've only got to hear the whiz of the, the motor on the treadmill when you're not standing on it, you're just pressing the buttons and once you start to go out the 6, 7, 8, 9, 10k an hour, 11, 12k an hour, it is flying around and flying around and you have to hang on to that thing and to hang on to that thing for the amount of time that Luke is trying to set a record for is truly unbelievable.
1: We're going to attempt um, a Guinness World Record. It's the longest distance run on a treadmill in 24 hours and the individual record 5.30 pace is 260.8 kilometres.
0: All of us as human beings have a choice whether we exert ourselves or whether we don't. The greatest gift is having that choice. Probably the physical
1: suffering that I'm, that I'm seeking is actually to calm my mind and put things in, in perspective. Running for me is a, is a way to express myself but at the same time to quiet my mind. The suffering is experienced only in your brain. It's got nothing else, nothing physical. So I wanna test to see how much I can suffer and how much I can uh, get my brain to override that feeling.
2: It's incredible that, you know, he's challenging himself and, you know, at does not believe in comfort zone, you know, he's not that kind of person at all. I think you get one shot in life, so, you know, this is the perfect time.
1: First of all, I think, I truly believe that everyone, every moment in your life is there because you're attracted to yourself. The good moments and the bad moments, and the the moments that you change your life, they come there for a reason. I guess a success is uh, maybe is a cliché, I don't know but is looking at a mirror and being proud of the person that you see in front of the mirror.
0: This is a, a, a serious attack at a world record. It wouldn't be a world record unless it was tough and it's extremely tough. You know you're looking at a world population of more than five billion people. One man is going to step onto a treadmill and try and be better than five billion other people and that's what you do every time you set a new world record.
1: This basically translates to Three hours and 50 minutes for a marathon. For six marathons, back to back to back to back to back to back. Wow. (laughs) What do you say? I wanted to do. I'm not. I'm not too sure now.
2: that hasn't got you excited for this week's episode of tell me your tales i'm not sure what will this week's episode is with world record holder for 24 hours on the treadmill luca torini and it's an episode that i'm super excited to bring to you it's um oh it was so good to record it it made me so inspired so motivated so curious about how much our minds impact on our abilities and all that sports psychology um, background I guess in distance running and it's exactly what I want to bring to you guys in the podcast Luca is not a well-known Australian distance runner I reached out to him on Twitter and he doesn't have a million followers or anything like that but he should Um, but he has some amazing stories he shared with me In detail his journey for um, training for and then completing the world record for 24 hours run on a treadmill which is amazing when you think about the amount of distance he covered on that record attempt he talked me through the build-up the um, the hours he spent around running around in circles around an oval and um, you know the amount of hours he spent on his treadmill in the garage of his home Um, he shared some great tales about his time overseas doing some pretty unique races and everything this man does which is obviously quite so much for charity is unbelievable and just a great human that's on this planet if you do have an opportunity we're outreach to him on uh, Twitter or Facebook or whatever he's got a pretty professional uh, set up website that's where that promo clip came from there's a bit of video footage on there and um, yeah, I know I'll be digging in to throw him a few dollars for raising 100000 for cant quality, the cancer research. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you can tell that I'm super excited by this show. And this is a man that I hadn't heard about, you know, two or three weeks ago. So it just shows how many kind of good tales are out there. Uh, as I said, enjoy. And um, yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Cheers.
0: You want me to know, and even when I'm feeling low, I still feed the seeds that you taught me to sow. So, believe the choices you make.
1: Hi,
2: buddy. Good morning. G'day, Luca. How are you going?
1: Yeah, very well indeed. How are you?
2: Yeah, good, thanks. Thank you so much for your time. I've just uh, read through your blog again this morning and, um, yeah, I'm super inspired. So much um, good stuff in there. I can't wait to pick your brain on a bit of it.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it, um, it was definitely um, an amazing experience. And can you hear me well?
2: I can hear you fine. Can you hear me Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Beautiful. How long have I got with you, mate? Uh, you go, yeah, as long as it takes. Okay. Um, yeah, usually um... we go for about an hour, but we'll, um, we'll see how we go. How's that sound? Okay. That's, that's okay. Beautiful. Well, welcome to Tell Me Your Tales podcast. As I said, it's a massive uh, privilege to have you on the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
2: What I usually do, Luca, I usually get the guests to introduce themselves. So do you mind telling the listeners just a bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. um, Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Luca and and, um, I'm I'm a long distance runner, an ultra runner. And just recently I ran for 24 hours on a treadmill uh, to get the Guinness World Record for the longest, uh, for the furthest distance run on treadmill. That is um, 261.18 kilometers in 24
2: hours. Amazing. So I think I worked it out. It's about five minutes, 30 kilometer pace. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah, yeah and yeah. that includes obviously all the toilet breaks and um, any break. Yeah, uh, essentially the the clock didn't stop.
2: We'll get into a bit of that in a minute, but um, it happened on the 29th of April. Is that correct? Starting at 10:30 in the morning, and obviously finishing the day later at
1: 10:30. Yeah, we we run this event at a fitness show in uh, Sydney, and we started on uh, April 29th at 10:30 a.m. and we ran until uh, the Sunday at 10 10:30 a.m. we we, we oh, sorry, were yeah we were hosted on um TechnoGym stage um TechnoGym essentially provided uh, four treadmills for us to to basically smash for 24 hours
2: yeah and they were pretty successful as well the other people uh the male team breaking the world record with a few gun runners there as well and the females smashed their world record as well is that correct
1: yeah, that's correct. Essentially, we uh, this was part of a big uh, fundraising campaign that we started at the beginning of the year, and uh, essentially we aimed um, to get three gigs World Record. Um, one uh, solo that I um, that I ran myself, and then we had a female team of twelve and twelve, and a male team of twelve. All were very well known um, athletes from uh, mainly Sydney, but um, a few were from um, from other. Um, from other cities, from Melbourne and uh, the Gold Coast.
2: Take me back to the start, Luca. Where did um, running start for you? Well, for me, uh, running started very late. Um,
1: as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm um, I'm not um, from Australia. I'm originally from Italy, and I moved to Australia in 2008. And that's when I discovered uh, running. Really, um, I got here, and um, everyone was running, and uh, I was lucky enough to move to uh, Cremon Point, which is um, um, just um, uh, close to the city, and is a beautiful spot. And uh, my neighbor essentially um, got me out running, and um, um, everything basically started from there. So I've only been running for, for, yeah, for six, seven years, really.
2: That's that's a good effort in the Guinness uh, World Record book already after only six or seven years. (laughs) uh yeah i've I found
1: that um yeah basically running was my passion and really was what I was missing um back in Europe so I lived for six years in London that I loved but um I found too stressful and um when I came here and I started running I found that that was essentially what I was missing so um running and uh, all that goes with it so uh, meeting wonderful people, seeing amazing places, going to uh, on trails, and and do all this sort of stuff. And um, yeah, essentially, I found that that was what I uh, what I was missing. Ah,
2: oh, that's fantastic! You're exciting me about my afternoon run already. Actually, just hearing <laughs> hearing you unpack running in the probably some of the yeah. most purest forms. Um, I'm interested. So, when you moved to Australia, was it noticeable that a lot of people were going out for runs compared to Italy, and you've just got emerged in that culture a bit?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I actually moved from Italy. In the, I left Italy in 2002, and then I, I spent six years in London before coming to Australia. But I found a, a huge, huge difference because um, even uh, at lunchtime uh, um, around the botanical gardens, or around Centennial Park, there are plenty of people, and um, yeah, it was a, a, a huge difference. And the other big thing was that um, back in um, in Europe, um, I wasn't used to wake up early and do any training in the morning. So, and here I just uh, found that it was a, a, a just a, a, a huge society going out at five o'clock in the morning, running around, and um, and I just loved it. Um, yeah so for me it was definitely a big change that doesn't mean that in Europe doesn't happen Um, but maybe um, yeah I wasn't I wasn't part of that so for me was a was a big discovery
2: yeah and did you start off with um, probably lesser distance fun runs and stuff first or did you get into the ultra stuff quite quickly um,
1: no, I got um, obviously I started uh, very gentle, so I started with a uh, normal 5k's and then 10k's, but very quickly I moved to the to the half marathon distance. And um, the other thing as well is that I joined a, a running club that um, with a lot of trail runners. So um, I have a, a friend that is. Um, um A couple of funny stories that basically will come and pick me up, but will never tell me how far we were going. <laughs> so <laughs> I found myself that after a few months that I was running, he came one day to say, Oh, let's go for a quick run down the bush. And then we ended up 20K later, and I was completely destroyed. And um yeah, but uh, so it started from there.
2: Obviously, there was some kind of enjoyment and passion there, though, if you kept going back.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. As I say, I am um, I think I'm um, a, a mental person, meaning that I get stressed very, very quickly. And uh, um, because of my day job, I, I work in front of a computer all the time. So I find that if I don't run simply, um, I don't feel well. So, um, yeah, there was definitely an enjoyment and a way for me to relax my mind and um, being kind of nicer as well
2: at home I 100% agree with you when I go to work and I haven't ran before work I can definitely just feel a difference in my stress levels and chilled out and yeah it's just it's almost like you're a whole different person if you haven't exercised before work
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, my wife is actually using that uh, against me because uh, when she sees that I'm stressed, she sends me out for a very long run. And then when I come back, she, she can ask me literally anything and she knows that I'll say, I'll say okay. So yeah. I, I, know, I know there is something um, going on when she tells me, oh, why don't you go for a, for a long run? And then when I come back, I know that is a surprise. Yeah.
2: She asks you for a new couch or something yeah. when you come back. Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly.
2: That endorphin hit, it's fantastic though, isn't it? You feel like you're invincible and the world's a fantastic place to be.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And um, um, I guess in my case, I started going um, uh, a little longer when, um, when unfortunately I lost my mum to cancer. And for me, that was um, uh, quite a big thing. And um, because of my mom was uh, was in Italy at that time, and uh, I was over here in Australia, so uh, it was very very hard to go through the the, the whole cancer um, experience. And um, um, I found that uh, I just needed a, a way to to basically think about what was happening and uh, come into terms with it. And that's why I started going um, a little longer and. Um, and it wasn't even planned in the sense that i would just go out and until i felt better uh, i wouldn't come home and um and that was a way for me to also be, be able to support my mom of being very very positive because uh, i would just go out for a for a long run come back be relaxed have my mind clear and then being able to to support her
2: yeah i'm sorry to hear that and i am. Um... I can connect in a way. My uh, grandmother passed away about two weeks ago and my mum had called me from Bendigo, which is about an hour away from where I live. And after taking that phone call, the first thing, I just put my running gear on and just went straight out the door. No kind of iPod, no Garmin and just um, let my mind think. And yeah, it's exactly the same kind of thing that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I find that, um, especially on long runs when when uh, obviously your pace is not as hard as on, on a 5k or a 10k, you, um, you really get time to connect with yourself. And uh, um, at least for me, I find that after um, after some time, and maybe it can be after a couple of hours or two, three hours, um, at that point, um, I'm, I'm clear. So my, my my mind is clear. My thoughts are clear. And uh all the noise of daily life and so on just disappears, so if you can focus on um on something in your that is close to you or important for you, I find that normally yeah, I can find that answer there
2: mm, I find it um yeah, pretty similar to it's almost meditation in a way, it just clears your head and Especially in this day and age where you're sitting in front of computers and notifications are coming through on your phone and all the other stuff, it's just good to be out there with just you on a bush trail and that's it, your body and mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. On a treadmill is a little bit different, but yeah, we'll go to that later. <laughs>
2: yeah. So let's go. Let's yeah. take me back to where, because this wasn't the first time you attempted 24 hours and it wasn't the first time that you bid off a massive endurance challenge as well. So do you want to maybe um, take the listeners back to the marathons in Italy? Is that where it all started?
1: Yeah, essentially, that's where it all started, really. Um, As I said, I lost my mom to cancer, and um, I simply wanted to uh, make my contribution to the fight against cancer and particularly on uh, cancer prevention. So uh, when my mom passed away, um, I immediately uh, told my wife, uh, I want to do some fundraising. And uh, right there and then I said, well, uh, I want to Uh, run a marathon in each of the 20 regions in Italy in in a month and um, at that time it was literally the day after my mom passed away and at that time in in terms of running I had not yet done a marathon so I essentially committed to run 20 marathons in a month um, the, the following year yeah very ambitious but um, again, that was one of those moments where I had the uh, clarity that um, it was hard, but um, yeah, um, I, I could do it. And essentially, I went from uh, no no marathons to twenty marathons um, in in essentially in, in one year. So um, the following year, in two thousand and two, I went to Italy and um, I started off in uh, Rome and I uh, went all the way um, down to Sicily and all the way back up to, to the north. Um, and um, yeah, I managed to complete my, um, my challenge um, and uh, it was fantastic experience. Uh, my wife and I spent a, a month um, around Italy. It was pretty full on because I would um, run a marathon in the morning and then uh, jump on the camper van and uh, uh, drive to the next uh, region. Uh, but it was just um, incredible and um, yeah, it, uh, it's something that um, um, I couldn't describe, um, just, uh, just also the support of people and um, especially with the connection that um, I started to make with um, my wife that um, now she, she started to see uh, the challenge through my eyes as well and she was able to support me all the way. Um, so, yeah, it started from from there and then essentially um, every year or so I would try to do another uh, personal fundraiser and um, uh, after Italy, um, I went to Mexico the following year um, and I did uh, the Taro Ultra Marathon. Um, that is famous for the book "Born to Run." Yeah. So I went down to the canyons there, and um, I ran with the Taraumaras That was uh, just uh, just incredible. And then a couple of days later, uh, with another friend, um, um, I went and ran the Grand Canyon, the, doing the rim to rim to rim. Um, again, just a fantastic experience. Uh, starting at three o'clock in the morning uh, to, and basically starting with a uh, i think it was a uh, five five degrees uh at the top of the canyon and then by midday uh at the bottom of the canyon it was uh like 20 degrees so um yeah an amazing experience very very challenging uh and and again just uh done uh with um with not after a time or after a pace but just after uh, uh the experience
2: Yeah. and how many people were in these events so like the I didn't even realize there was an event where you could go and run with those people from um, Born to Run. But yeah, tell me a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, it's an event that happens um, every year when uh, there are no, um, no 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 troubles, meaning that they canceled the event a couple of times uh, lately. Um, but yeah, it's uh, at the beginning of March and it's an event with around, I will say around 300 people um, of which... Um, 150 are, are local star and and 150 are gringos or people from mo- mostly the US um, and uh, when we went it was just uh, um, uh, three Aussies was my wife myself and uh, a friend of my parents and um, yeah it's uh, it's an incredible event because it, it really um, it's a it's a it's not a race. It's more about running together. It's a community experience. So we we went there, and it took us um, uh, three days from um, the US to get on a minibus and find our way down to the canyons. So it was um, very hard to get down to the canyons. And then when we arrived to the canyons, we discovered that it was this uh, a small community of people and runners from. Uh, all around the world, and essentially we spent a week uh, um, with um, uh, with them and we spent a week basically touring around um, the canyons. And uh, I think it was the first race, if you want that I've done, where uh, the days before you go out for 30 kilometers runs and and walks up the mountains simply because it wasn't about um, the race in itself, it was about more of the community.
2: Oh, what an experience! You're taking me back to flashbacks when I read um, "Born for Running." Yeah, and I guess that whole um, event would just be inspired from the book.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he actually started. Is the other way around? There was the event before the book? Okay. So um, Caballo Blanco was uh, was in fact um, yeah someone that lived there, and they uh, everyone in the community uh, knows about Caballo Blanco, and he started this event. And then um, the book was uh, was written um, a few years later. And obviously, when the book came out, more people uh, came to know about the event. Uh, But still, uh, right now, because it's so hard to get down to the canyons, is only very few people make the effort to go down there. And um, in a a sense, I hope that it remains like that, that. It doesn't go mainstream. Because um, yeah, the experience is not about the race; it's about um, the community, is about the Tarawara. So much so that um, one of the the guys that we met there, um, a guy from Japan, um, a couple of years ago, he was in front of um, of the park. He was uh, at a 5K to the end, and instead of winning the race, he stopped and he jumped in the in the river giving basically a local tarumara the, the opportunity to win the race because for them uh, the prize was um, was actually something they could maintain them for, for months. So he jumped in a river, he had to swim, he waited for a couple of tarumaras to go by and then he came out and uh, he finished the race. Yeah, so that's, that's amazing. Yeah.
2: That's, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with you. I hope it stays pure and it stays a low-key event and doesn't get overrun and become one of the world marathon majors or anything like that. I think there's a, a place and a time for those big city events, but that's definitely not one. I think that's, yeah, super important that it stays pure.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So
2: the Grand Canyon and the Mexico Adventures, that's sounding like, um. before we even get to these treadmill challenges, it sounds like there's a book in you.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe one day. Maybe one day. Well, I'll. I'll. I love to. I think again. I think the um, the book is actually something that I thought about um, because it's it's more about sharing a journey that um, I believe everyone can do in their own way. And uh, I love reading books of uh, uh, running adventures, people that have done crazy stuff. And uh, I think most of the time you find that phrase or that something that uh, spark interest or um inspires you so um maybe who knows um I'll, I'll do a few more adventures and maybe try to condense them in a book get a few
2: more chapters up your sleeve um yeah. what are some of your favorite running books i'm a bit of a collector of running books as well so i um i've got quite a bit of a collection but what are some of your favorites
1: so uh my favorite uh, obviously is uh born to run yeah. um i think i got a lot out of it um, but recently I've been actually looking at, um, different, uh, listening to different books. Um, the one that, um, I liked, um, was, uh, the ultra mindset, um, that is, uh, uh particularly, um, interesting for, that I used for, this challenge actually, um, because it talks about, again, about the, the mindset of going into, into a very long run, um, another another book that um i really liked um i'm running i'm, I'm listening now to uh, running man yep and um what else is uh, that the one
2: where the man was in jail was that
1: yeah, yeah correct yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. i, um, I just chris started...
2: chris engels or something like that
1: yeah yeah i just started listening to it is um yeah so i've literally got just the first chapter and um, by the sound of it, he, he ran the Badwater Marathon inside the jail. Mm, did. Uh, That's that. an
2: amazing read. I um, yeah I heard him on the Rich Roll podcast and then yeah um, yeah hired the book from my local library and I was I kind of picked it up and I was a bit uh wasn't quite sure of it but yeah you'll really enjoy that I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, great. And then uh, I, run, I listen to uh, Running with the Kenyans. That's another one that I really, really liked. So, yeah, I have um, a long list of, uh, of books, uh, but mainly I listen to them. Um, I like to um, go for very long runs and listening to uh, running books. That's yeah. really funny. I'm Italian I'm after all. Yeah, I'm Italian after all. Italians are known to be um, at dinner and talking about food. Yep. So <laughs> I like to go running and and listen to running books.
2: Oh very good. So um so the next challenge that you took on was the 24 hour record attempt. Is that correct?
1: Yeah before um, Before that, actually, in um, 2015, um, i I organized this um, this fundraiser at uh, Martin Place. There was around the twenty four hours. Um, so we organized that 24 hours on on treadmill uh, in in that case as well and um, around for 24 hours but essentially the the format of that event is that we had a stage we organized a stage in um, uh, martin Place square and we had uh, uh, five treadmills and five uh, static bikes going for 24 hours um we had um, four treadmills where we had um, um, teams and different running clubs that would run relay style um, one of the treadmills was given to corporates um, one treadmill was given to um, the Hertz running squad in Sydney um another one was given to the Run Lab um, running group with with Vlad yep. and, um, um, the, and the and the same thing was on the on the bikes as well so the the runners would just uh, run for half an hour and then jump on the bike for half an hour uh, while myself um, uh, why I took one treadmill and ran on my own for 24 hours and there was um, a, a group of four guys uh, that uh, basically did 24 hours on, on a bike um, so in that particular case um, my run I wasn't after a Guinness World Record it was uh, just a, a fundraising event and in that case we uh, raised one hundred thousand dollars for um, Cancer Council. That's
2: amazing, um, isn't it? Hundred thousand.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. And um, until until now, we we managed to raise uh, through my own uh, charity fundraising event as well as um, some um, annual events that I'm organizing. Um, we, we raised over half a million dollars for cancer prevention. So I'm I'm very very proud. Oh, you um, should be that. so
2: proud of those efforts they're amazing yeah so it, was that the time when you ran two? did you run 210 kilometers in the 24 hours that year yes correct yep. yeah um
1: so um that was uh it was a an experience in the sense that uh, i was totally unprepared um and um although i'd been training obviously um but i took a different approach of training in 2015 Because um, I didn't train on treadmills, I simply got out and and trained around the normal. Um, Essentially, I found that uh, running on treadmill will actually cause me Achilles pain. So I decided, okay, I'm just going to keep the treadmill for the day of the event and I'm going to do most of my running outside. So I I used to go out at six PM and go to my local oval and run until six AM in the morning around the <laughs> around the oval on my own. Um, and just um, around like
2: a four hundred meter oval, like a footy correct,
1: oval. Correct, yeah. Yeah, correct. i I think the longest I've I've done was eighty uh, K. Um but um again yeah, the that was um it was pretty pretty interesting. I can um, imagine. Yeah, and also it was, um, it was my first, um, first attempt at uh, 24 hours on treadmill and um, I was uh, unprepared um, in terms of nutrition as well as uh, the mindset. So um, I started off strong and then um, I think from around 10 p.m. until 6 a.m. in the morning was absolute hell. Um, I stopped a million times, I was grabbing on the treadmill, and um, yeah, I was just um, just completely gone. Um, but again, it was an amazing experience, 210 kilometers, still a, a very good um, outcome. And most of all, we, it was a fantastic uh, uh, event. We had uh, a lot of people coming the following day, the Martin Place Square was full of people, and, and, as I said, we raised $100,000 for charity.
2: Yeah, and you were only 28K off the world record at that stage, though. So that must have – did that plant a bit of a seed that it's definitely achievable?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, I was uh, – I, I had the feeling that um, I, didn't, um, I didn't give enough. I must admit that I was extremely happy of the result, but I didn't like the way how I handled the night and um so that give, gave me kind of not a confidence but um thinking that well i can probably go further um, and um and so i simply left it in, in at the back of my mind and um waited for the next opportunity
2: and in the next opportunity you um you put everything into it didn't you like just reading the notes about you contacted the world record holder from canada you got Pat Farmer on board for as a bit of a mentor, and um, you built a whole team around really putting everything into achieving this goal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there is also I must uh, say uh, why we we decided to go again for twenty four hours on treadmill. Um, is It's it was personal in the sense that um, my wife and I. Um, came in contact with um, families and children affected by cancer and um, it was very confronting because um, uh, it sort of gave us an, an, an idea of how tough life for these families is and uh, we decided that we wanted to make a contribution on that and um, and and that basically sparkled the idea of doing um, another 24 hours on treadmill and um and just and it's always hard to fundraise uh for when you do exactly the same challenge so i found that it was very hard for me to uh fundraise again for uh, 24 hours on the treadmill because uh, i had done it before so i kind of raised the stakes to say okay we'll do it again and this time we're attempting the guinness world record and um, as you said, um, I took things very, very seriously. And um, essentially six months before the event, um, we had a team ready um, to, to look after the logistics, to look after all the different aspects. And the first thing I did was um, to call up the Dave Proctor, uh, who was the, the, the record holder at the, at the point, and um, just get a, a bit of... Um, uh just just chat to him and understand what he went through and uh, if he had any advice and uh, i must admit that was um for for myself and also for dave it was the most natural thing to do a lot of people have been asking me oh how did he feel about um uh, telling you his experience and how did he feel about you trying to go for his record and um yeah and for us it was actually the most normal thing we became uh good friends uh because of this record so he was very open with me and telling me what he went through um for him it was um um it was a a, a hard experience because um i think he said that after that it took him months and months to recover um mentally uh because of the challenges so um uh i was lucky because uh, i had done 24 hours on treadmill before so I knew what to expect, but I took his his advice and worked a lot on my mental state rather than um, just the physical.
2: Yeah, I read a uh, quote with you that was um, something like you knew the body could do it, but it was all in your mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think um, I think that these kind of challenges, especially on the treadmill, that uh, you are always one step from falling off the back and one step from uh, uh, from touching the treadmill that uh, touching the treadmill or grabbing onto the treadmill means that you get disqualified right away so you are always anxious and uh, you always need to keep control of of your body because um, really you just need to lose your focus and, and and you can fall so it's mentally you just need to be to remain locked in and um, as you can imagine running on a treadmill you don't have m- much variation so you are essentially just uh, running on the spot um, so physically is it's a big toll on your body but mentally just uh, seeing the same thing and in my case I, I was just focusing on one red dot um, five meters away from me <clears throat> Apologies. Um, so I was focusing in just one point it was pretty hard mentally, and, um, and this time the training, uh, I'm happy that I've uh, tested um, everything, so I put a lot of effort into the physical training as well as the nutrition as well as the, the mental
2: side of things. Yeah, talk us through some of the training, so you had a treadmill put into your shed, is that correct? And would, yeah, would in my Yeah, Yeah. So, uh,
0: the
1: first couple of months I run outdoor and um, then uh, basically for the last four months, four and a half months, I, I had a treadmill in my, in my garage and, um, and uh, I run essentially 90, probably 95% of my running was on treadmill. Um, so I removed all the fun runs, so every single run had, is, has a, had a particular purpose. And um, so, essentially, I try to do um, longer runs. So I started with uh, doing a couple of hours a day, and then I went to um, taking a bit more rest and do maybe four-hour sessions. And um, my long runs were between um, from 60 to 70 to 80 kilometers on the treadmill. And I would try to uh, run uh, during the night. That was the hardest part um so we try to run after a long day of work to simulate uh being tired and um i run at 3 a.m in the morning sometimes i will start at 3 a.m in the morning or i will start at 10 p.m at night or i will start at 6 p.m after work so i try to um basically run at different times of the day to also understand how my body and my mind reacted to it
2: yeah, I guess when you're doing a twenty four hour challenge you need to expose yourself to um every one of those hours. Tell me about well, so were you just doing this in your garage with the door open and people are driving past and there you are on the treadmill yeah. and four hours later yeah. they're coming home and you're still on the treadmill or what was it like?
1: Exactly exactly, exactly. And the the best part is that uh, we actually moved to a new place in January and that's when I started running on the treadmill. So <laughs> All these people were new neighbors, so they would see me running at any time of the day and night. They would actually open their front door at 2am in the morning because the, the treadmill was a, a little bit loud at times and uh, they would see me running and uh, um, yeah. So essentially I had uh, the garage door open and people would just walk past and just wave and just laugh and just say, so what are you doing there? And um, so when I explained to a couple of people what I was doing, it was uh, the reaction was uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so they, everyone would walk past and uh, just wave and just ask me what I was doing. Yeah. And um, I think, I would, um, yeah. They, Good first
2: they, impressions for the neighbourhood, yeah, I'm sure.
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um,
2: so what kind of mental strategies did you put in place in those big training runs? Like we, you spoke about audio books or music or nothing or what was the, the go there?
1: So the goal that was uh, basically trying to be aware as much as possible. So my very long runs, um, I actually didn't use any music. So I would just put on the music or an audiobook right at the end. But I would try to go through uh, time, um, essentially just uh, being aware and thinking um, and um, uh, basically in front of my garage the, the there are two houses and there is a gap of pro- probably one meter and I will simply focus I know it sounds very boring but I will simply focus uh, on that gap for five six six hours at a time and um, and then trying to be aware of how my um, my brain or my my overall feeling was in terms of mood and trying to Understand what kind of food I needed to use um, to to make sure that I I was sharp. So I had a couple of big failures on in terms of nutrition and mental state in a couple of uh, training runs. Um, in in one training run, I simply ended up throwing throwing up after a few hours, so I had to cut that um, short. In another long run, I basically felt. My body was, was feeling great, but I was completely flat um, in, in terms of uh, brain and um, mental state. And then um, another one, I started in the middle of uh, basically at 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. And obviously, you get tired around 1 one a.m., but I, I delayed my caffeine intake for too long so that I crashed. So all little things like that is... Um, uh, i I basically try to get a uh a better feeling of my um, my mental state and my physical state so that I could prevent um any major uh crash from happening and yeah, sometimes right. sometimes i find for example the caffeine is is incredible and um in the sense that when you get onto the caffeine you need to remain uh with caffeine and sometimes literally. Uh, taking the caffeine half an hour before you you are about to feel like you need caffeine. That's the the difference between making it or not making it.
2: Yep. And how would you take that? Would you take that in a, in a pill or a gel, or where would you get the caffeine from? Uh, I've tried
1: um, I tried different things. I've tried the um, the small stripes that you can put on your tongue. Um, I've tried the real caffeine I'm Italian so I actually ate coffee yep. and uh, I also tried the uh, gels as well as uh, tailwind so and and again depending on on what I needed to do um, I've tried different strategies to see which one was was the winner for me
2: yeah right and what else Um, what what else was in the diet and nutrition that you ended up coming up with for the plan for the for the um, actual record attempt
1: um, there was obviously a lot of carbs. Um, basically, I tried to maintain at least uh, 300 uh, calories per um, uh, per hour, if if not more, and uh, trying to uh, basically have maltodextrin that um, cool, my body could absorb. And even that has been um, um, a big challenge to find the right product that worked for me. As I said, I, a couple of times I ended up throwing up just because... Yeah, it didn't it didn't work for me and um, also finding basically the right amount that I could I could um, I could absorb um, But mainly it was also just normal food um, for the first um, for the first six or I think eight hours um, I was eating normal food So trying to find the balance of when to start introducing the fluid um, uh, Nutrition um, and went to just have normal food so um, yeah it was um a great discovery and um again all the all the books that I read they were very very useful to understand what other people do
2: i think you probably now know your body better than a lot of people know theirs yeah i think um my wife knows it better even
1: because um <laughs> she she could uh she could just uh, see um my my reaction to food and uh, um, she could just uh, understand what I needed to eat to get a, a boost of energy. And sometimes um, what I found as well during the, the actual event that um, maybe I didn't need food to um, get the carbs. Sometimes I just the food to get a break. So uh, during the event, um, Every time I stopped for a for a five minute break, we would have some pasta. That maybe it wasn't giving me much energy as such, but it was just a, a good mental thing to have because it was warm. It was making me feel feel okay and uh, and just uh, allowed me to keep going.
2: Yeah. Now, Luca, you just mentioned your wife, but I can only imagine the impact this preparation had on your your life balance i now know how hard it is just training for a marathon 13 or 14 hours a week and how that plays havoc with work and family and social life and a bit of tension here and there but do you mind just unpacking how you balanced preparing for this massive achievement and um also living a normal life at the same time
1: yeah i think the the balancing was hard and probably there was no much balance to be Fair, fairly honest with you um, so for the six months it was um, very hard I have two children one is uh, um, the first one is two years and nine months and the second one is only nine months so when I started the preparation they would um, they were still even, even smaller and so they, they require a lot of time and um, essentially I, I just uh, had a, a massive lack of sleep um i would train every time i had the opportunity to train and also organizing the events uh, would take me take a lot of my time and um yeah i don't think there was a, a balance and uh, it was i must admit very very hard for for us and um but the one thing i at the end of it the one thing i i think i developed is um a skill to get things done very quickly So I I became very good in in doing stuff uh, very quickly. So being being more effective on my training as well as um, on on everything. So every because I had to plan every half an hour, every hour of the day. um, So if the half an hour was dedicated to uh, work, that that half an hour had to be basically 100%. So I found that um, strangely I had um, much more energy um, in, six months ago, while I was sleeping four hours a night, then, um, then now that I'm sleeping a, a little bit longer and, uh, um, I got a little bit less stress. So it's, it's quite strange. Yeah,
2: um,
1: right. The the one thing we we did, I think that it was a a, a good call was that um, a couple of months before the event. Uh, My wife and I just uh, sat down and said, well, if we want to, if we want to actually make this happen, we just need to have a little bit of help. So uh, we called uh, my mother-in-law and my sister and a friend of mine. And we simply said, we need some help here. So they they came over from Italy just to help us out. Um, My mother-in-law was with us for a couple of months, my sister for a couple of weeks. And this crazy friend of mine came over for five days from Italy just to, oh. <laughs> just to c- come over and basically work and uh, uh, no sleep for five days and then fly back so that's 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 good friendship huh?
2: so it was more than you wasn't it on um, we might get on to I guess the day the record attempt happened, but yeah. just listing these kind of people there that helped you out in your preparation. And I know there was a bit of a strategy by putting the male and the female team together to kind of give you some support alongside you on the treadmills. But um, it was more than you jumping on that tre- treadmill at 10.30 a.m. on the 29th of April, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was uh, was incredible. I mean, the, the number of people involved in the end of the whole event was around 150. Yeah. So we had, um, as you said, um, the 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 idea of the of of this event was to have uh, multiple Guinness World Records again, the, the, because we wanted to um, engage with uh, as many people as possible and uh, to to have a chance to achieve our uh, fundraising goal of one hundred thousand dollars. So we had a male team of twelve and a female team of twelve, and we also had. Uh, um one extra treadmill that we called it the people treadmill where uh basically was open to anyone that wanted to come and 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 join us on the run on the day and um and the the reason to have also um a guinness world record for female team or a male team um which is an incredibly fast pace was also to uh keep me accountable so All the runners on the female team and the male teams are um, very well-known runners olympians and all my running heroes to be honest and um so committing with them to organize the event and committing with them that i was going solo for 24 hours also kept me focused because um every day i uh, when i didn't feel like training or waking up i knew that uh, my actions were actually uh, important for other people too. So, and as you said, we had um, a massive team. We had a massive team of timekeepers, uh, volunteers, and um, we we had a videographer that um, basically produced a documentary for for us. And we had uh, um, just a just a large number of of people and sponsors and uh, and partners as well. Mm. So I think. Um, um in the end it was um it was the right strategy because um as i said it kept me accountable and kept me moving um pretty stressful because obviously i felt the pressure of um of so many people involved
2: and when you approach some of those like you had ben st lawrence and jeff hunt and maddie cox and cassie fan how was it approaching i know all those guys would have said yes no doubt but was it a bit, um, yeah, nerve wracking kind of approaching some of those big names and asking them to help out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. For me, I mean, uh, for me, these uh, these guys are, as I say, my my running idols. So uh, going there and asking them to uh, dedicate um, one day to run on a treadmill, I know that uh, nobody really likes running on treadmill. And um coming on and basically put on a big effort because um, their pace was was incredible and uh, and maybe you know, put um, at risk other 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 races they have was a big ask. But I found surprisingly um, in a sense, or because I didn't knew them, I found that everyone was actually, uh, very interested that they they understood the reasons why we were doing this event that it wasn't just a stunt it was a way to inspire others and uh, uh, fundraise for a good cause and I found that everyone was uh, very approachable and uh, um, ready ready to go um, we asked Martin Dent from uh, Canberra and uh, um, yeah he said yes right away so he came over from Canberra just to just to run with us so. Um, um, and again, most of these people I, I never met before. So it was great that they trusted me and they they, they trusted what, uh, what we were doing.
2: Yeah, Marty's an absolute legend as well. I remember he was one of my heroes, or he still is one of my heroes. And I um went to a race once in Hobart and he was my room partner. And I was absolutely... Cacking myself, nervous about making a fool of myself in front of um, Marty Denton, yeah, he turned out to be so down to earth and full of wisdom, and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. I think every every runner on the male team and the female team, uh, when uh, when I had the chance to talk to them, and um, it's just uh, yeah, uh, it's just uh, just amazing how everyone is is so willing as well to share their um, I wouldn't say their secret but uh, to share their passion and what they know about it and uh, um, yeah in the middle of the night when I was struggling I had um, uh, Brendan Davis that was part of the mail team uh, coming to me and say yeah I know what you're going through this is what I normally do and that's that's incredible just um, yeah everyone being so um, so open and happy to, to help and also turning up at 2am in the morning to run on a treadmill because mm. the one thing to remember is that it was a 24 hours challenge so that all the runners essentially run uh, throughout the night as well. They were taking turns.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. They could have easily done that and gone home and had nothing much more to do with the event. But it sounds like it was a – I think I read somewhere that you said when you started it felt like there was three different events in place yeah. but by the end of it it was everyone was on the same team.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. That's the thing that I'm uh, most proud of. Uh, Because, um, yeah, you're right, at the beginning, uh, there was a a male team, there was a female team, and there was a solo team. Then there was a team of timekeepers, there was a team of uh, um, people's runners, and there was a a team of admin people. And then, literally a few hours in, we just uh, all melted together. And... um, Again, for me, it was was incredible to see uh, the likes of Martin Dent coming back in the middle of the night because he couldn't sleep and he just wanted to know how the team was going. Or the female team that uh, one runner had to uh, cut short um, a run um, and and then uh, other runners were ready to jump on. And uh, a lot of people that basically came back in the middle of the night or early in the morning just to see how things were going and um, in the end the feeling of achievement um was accomplished because all three teams managed to reach their records so the female team reached their record and then the 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 male team followed and then i finally managed to get my record as well but it was just one big accomplishment and uh, and um I think everyone. Um, if only the male record, let's say, um, had had got the, the the record, they would not do. They would have not been happy. Yeah. So, but because we all managed to get our our records, then it was a a, a big achievement. And let's all. just
2: touch on your record for a while. So, were you nervous before you got on the treadmill? Uh yeah, I was
1: obviously um, excited. I uh, I was nervous, but um, excited. I think I was. Um, in the right, uh, mindset. I, 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 truly trusted my training and I truly, uh, trusted, uh, um, my, my mindset. So I, I was excited.
2: Yeah. I read that at no point you doubted yourself. Like it was, it was a hundred percent going to happen for you and there was no other option for the day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, uh, it's, it's hard to say. And, um, um, I think i'm I'm a, I'm a modest person, but I, I felt in that in that moment I, I knew um, there was no other choice. Um, for me it was a choice of definitely giving 110 percent. and um, the, uh, for me yeah, there was no doubt. Um, I had all my splits in my mind. I knew exactly where I needed to be. Uh, I practice how shit I will feel in the middle of the night. And all this kind, all this stuff I, I had it clear in my mind. And uh, because I, I had experienced that before in 2015, that gave me the confidence that 24 hours I can do them. Now I just need to focus on on the pace.
2: Yeah, and it was it was pretty smooth early, but did you have a couple of problems with the heat? Was it a bit warmer in there and the heart rate was a bit higher <laughs> to what you're used to in your garage?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was the, the biggest uh, thing that came uh, obvious after after literally after an hour because essentially we had um a big stage with a lot of lights so uh we were the we had the lights of the fitness show we had a huge screen on the back and uh, the ventilation wasn't as good we had some um uh, industrial fans be, behind us but they were not powerful enough and um i started uh, sweating a lot and um My heart rate was through the roof. Um, Basically, my heart rate uh, um, for the first few hours was 160, when um, for those hours I was expecting it to be um, under 140 for the pace. So uh, that was freaking me out. It was totally freaking me out to the point that um, I had to take the watch off. And I said, well, it is what it is. I just need to get on with it. Um, and then, obviously, with um, a lot of heat and a lot of sweating, there is a lot of chafing as well. Um, so a few hours into the run, um, uh, all my armpit were uh, chafing badly to the point that um, my crew said, "Look, if we continue like this, you're going to start bleeding very soon." So we had to we had to figure out a way and um th- what they did is they basically we got a, an extra fan for myself that, that we put on the back and then they um they they took one t-shirt and they basically shredded it apart so that i could have uh, as much ventilation as possible and I, um
2: i was wondering what would happen then i watched the video before i read about that so i was like i wonder what's the go with this t-shirt kind of ripped in these very strategic oh. places
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and it worked great in the end. And um, yeah, it stopped the chafing because yeah, uh, uh, the the problem wasn't as much as about the chafing, the the pain of the chafing, but again, it was distracting me from what I had to do. So instead of running and thinking about uh, my pace or what I needed to do, I was just thinking about chafing. So I started raising my arms. I wasn't running properly and uh, again, it was just wasting mental energy um, to, to worry about chafing instead of worrying about um, how am I dealing with food? How is my posture and, and things like that. So I think, yeah, they've, 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 they've done the right call. They made the right call and um, I'm very grateful because otherwise I would have stressed out the whole, the whole way.
2: Mm, And I think there was something in that taking off the watch as well. I think sometimes as distance runners, we get a bit caught up in letting our thoughts be dictated by whatever the watch is telling us. So it's, um, yeah, it makes me pretty happy to hear that you just took the watch off and chucked that away and just had your own thoughts, didn't let the uh, watch tell you how you're feeling.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think the other other big um, difference for me was that uh, because I had all my splits um, in mind and because on the treadmill, the good thing about the treadmill is that you can set a pace and then you know that you're going to run that distance. So at every hour, I knew exactly what I needed to do for the next hour and uh, I could simply put a pace up and uh, know exactly um, how I would plan out for the hour. So And that allowed me as well to take the pace the mind off of constantly checking the time or constantly checking my distance. Um, and in a 10, 24 hours event, it makes a huge difference because um, again, there are a lot of hours. So if you start to worry, if you start looking at the watch, um, it's it's a long time before you see the end.
2: So did you have the displays on the treadmill covered up or I know I've done a bit of running on a treadmill and you think it's been 10 minutes and you look down and you're up to about two and a half minutes. Like it's a bit of a mind trick, but how was yeah. that temptation not to look down knowing that you had so many hours to go no it's uh well I've, I, I let I let it
1: open and I just uh yeah it was just that, um, taking taking a look every every now and then maybe every half an hour or every every hour uh, i truly i don't i don't remember uh how i I managed that part i I knew that every hour we had um a countdown, so um dave robertson uh, came down to be our uh, MC for the day, and he was counting down every hour, and that was the moment where I would look down on my treadmill and um, and 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 check my distance. And but as I said again, I I knew at the beginning of the hour what kilometer I was, and I knew the the pace I was keeping. So it was just double checking that um, the distance at the at the, the finish of the hour was the same.
2: Yeah. And of course, it must be a pretty um, decent treadmill as well. Like it wasn't resetting every hour or anything like that. You could just keep going.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was a is a top of the range treadmill from um, uh, from Technogym. It's called the Run One Thousand, and um, yeah, it can it can go indefinitely. It doesn't reset. And uh, uh, and the most amazing thing for me was that uh, not as much about my run because it's a. Comfortable pace for the tra- these treadmills can go to 27 k an hour, um, um, and yeah. I was only I was only going to um, yeah five minute k, uh, so 11 k an hour. But for the male teams, they they were hammering it because they were running um, a three minute pace, so it's 20 k an hour, and plus they were jumping on and off constantly every 10 minutes. So for the treadmill to be able to absorb all of that and, um, and just uh, keep going, that, that was quite amazing. And in fact, um, um, the, the teams in, in Canada, but even last time we attempted the event in Martin Place, we had so many troubles with the treadmills because simply they would overeat and they wouldn't just cope with the stress. But uh, this time around, we had um, one incident for the male team. That um, essentially the, the 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 treadmill shoot up at 27 k an hour, and <laughs> it couldn't slow it down. So there was a there was a bit um there was a, a bit of uh, two minutes of stress there, and um, we had the the twins the Schofield twins they are 18 years of age, and they were running at that time. So um, when the treadmill shoot off at 27 k an hour, it just kept going. And then um, somebody stopped it and then they, they they switched and then they tried again after resetting the treadmill and the treadmill went from zero to 27k an hour. And uh, again, um, uh, Luke was on it and he just ran to 27K, 27k an hour until somebody said, no, this is too dangerous. So they stopped it. But besides that uh, incident, um, yeah, the treadmill just uh, worked right.
2: Yeah, right, and what about, because it was an official Guinness World Record attempt, did you have to have people from Guinness there, or how did that work? No,
1: you you are allowed to have your own um, um, timekeepers and witnesses, um, so the way it works with the uh, Guinness World Record, you can have, um, you can pay a fee and have an, a, an official there, or otherwise um, you can pay a smaller fee and just uh, get, get your own witnesses. But essentially we needed uh, two witnesses uh, per treadmill every four hours. So in, in total we had um, six um, uh, witnesses, uh, uh, sorry, 12 witnesses per treadmill. Um, and then uh, we needed to uh, log every single switch, uh, every every single thing that happened on the treadmill. So in my case, um, every half an hour, they had to log the kilometers I was on, and they had to log every time I stopped for toilet breaks or so on. But for the female team and the male team, uh, the witnesses uh, had to basically uh, document every time one person was, was, was jumping off the treadmill and jumping on. And they had to essentially write the kilometers and the time. So you can imagine if you change uh, 10 times, is around 100 100 um, changes in in 24 hours.
2: Yeah, and how many times did you come off the treadmill during it, like for toilet and food, or did you have any sleep breaks, or how'd that work?
1: So I had um, I had uh, three toilet breaks that I had um, I had planned for, and uh, then I had uh, I, I believe it's three or, or four uh, breaks that were kind of unplanned and it was more of a um, a mental break. So um, uh, the toilet breaks were just a straightforward um, simple toilet break and uh, um, I would um, uh, do what I needed to do and then get some food while I was um, um, while I was not on the treadmill um, and then jump on the treadmill. And then the other three breaks essentially um, was more to close my eyes and just to um, just to, to have a, a, a break mentally to just uh, refine uh, my balance and my reasons for um, for for doing what I was doing um, and um, I must admit that um, they, they were good in a sense those breaks they were good because they won't just Give me a break from running, but they were absolutely held, uh when I go back on the treadmill because, um, obviously, yeah. I can
2: only legs. imagine your legs would have thought the show was over, and then you were getting them back going again.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it was and and also it was um, so there was physical pain, and um, it was also the the uh, knowing that I had so many hours ahead of me um and like especially the first break um or the second break uh, around 11 p.m. I still had uh, I still had 11 hours to go and um I felt horrible and uh, uh I started running and uh, at one point I think I yeah no I think I, I, I at one point I cried as well but it wasn't as much about the the physical pain it was about the um realization that I had so much to still to go and also that um i didn't have a choice um in the sense that um i committed to do this i was doing it for a a cause that i believed and all the people around me were doing it for exactly the same the same reason and i had to maintain a certain pace so there was no messing around so it was more about i think the challenge of um Getting into peace with yourself, that yeah, you're there to do what you need to do. Um, so that that was definitely very very challenging. Mm. And um, yep.
2: And I guess it's kind of in a way it's really black and white. Like the treadmill goes a certain pace. You're Luca, get on there, keep it going for twenty four hours.
1: Yeah, exactly. And also, if you if you take into account all the breaks, um, the time to get off the treadmill and so on. So. Uh, my my actual pace was obviously faster than ten thirty um sorry than than five thirty pace so I had to basically go quickly back up to to pace and um yeah to hit my checkpoints so um, so yeah it was um was a really strange um feeling and uh um again my uh I have to, to say that my wife as well as my, my, my support team, every one of them, um, they just uh, managed to say the right thing at the, the right time. They managed to give me the right encouragement at the right time. And every time I would get off and get back on the treadmill, uh, the, the teams were, were, were there to cheer me on. Um, so, and that's why I said in the end, it was just one big team. Because uh, they could feel the same pain I was feeling, even though they they were not running for twenty four hours. But yeah. they 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 could they could uh, feel um, that um, the reason why we were doing it, and they could feel the pain I was going through. So for me, it was actually a way to to share this among other people.
2: And what was it like? I guess when you like, you got the record with three minutes to go, was that correct? And then. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, yeah, what was that? I think I read somewhere that you didn't let a smile out until about six minutes to go when you knew yeah, you were definitely going to get it. But it was, um, I could only imagine the kind of emotions that were going through you at that stage.
1: Yeah. Look, Um. the the, the, the last big deep, as I call it, uh, I added uh, four hours to go. So around six thirteen in the morning, I was feeling horrible. And... um. Uh, Brendan Davis came to me and said you're gonna go through this Uh, don't don't worry you're gonna go through this the Sun is coming up and then your body will start to react and you will feel better and 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 all that and so I was hoping for this second wind but um, that never came because we were inside a a convention center there was no um, the light was the same so essentially um, from four hours uh, to to the end um I just I never stopped and because I knew that I was on a on a tight schedule and um I I just um got it to a place within myself that um just focused on to uh, one red dot in, in front of me and uh, just to to do the reason of what I was doing what I was doing and um so I managed to get to... Uh, Uh, 23 hours I managed to I was on Um, uh, 250.6 kilometers so uh, and that was what I kind of visualized during my training I wanted to get to one hour to go knowing that I could just have a six minute pace um, just just in case so I got to to 23 hours and I slow down the treadmill to the slowest I've drunk for the whole 24 hours. Again, just to make sure I was not going to do anything stupid uh, in the last hour. And, um, and just um, basically focused on, on on the daughter in front of me. And uh, uh, by then, there was a lot of people coming to the expo. All the athletes were back. All the volunteers were back. Um, they opened the doors uh, of the expo. So there was the general public there. Um, the guys from technology were there from the charity. So there was a lot of people. And um, the MC was pumping, was uh, was talking his head out to keep me moving. Um, the guys and the girls had their, their records with hours to spare and they were still going as fast as they could. And uh, I just said to lock it off and just um, just uh, basically keep moving and uh, making sure I, I was gonna take it at home so um so yeah as you said I've I basically I was so serious <laughs> until six minutes to the end and then I think the if, if uh, finally the the MC the said the right joke and uh, I finally smiled and then from then on it was uh, was kind of um yeah, riding the, the, the wave of excitement at the end.
2: Celebration time.
1: Yeah, absolutely, celebration time. And the funniest thing is that, um, so when I broke the record, I, I, I just uh, shouted. It was just the most liberating uh, shout I've ever done in my life. And then after, moments after that, I was confused. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what am I supposed to do now? Um, am I supposed to stop, to slow down, to speed up and so on? And uh, uh, Jeff Hunt was running next to me uh, at that stage and he looked at me and said, come on, come on, you still got three minutes to go. What, <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Because, um, because yeah, because I could have simply just grabbed on the treadmill. Can you imagine that? I, I could have just um, been so confused and grabbed on the treadmill and then Guinness World Record turns around and say, I'm sorry, you grabbed on the treadmill.
2: No, oh, <laughs> imagine record. that.
1: <laughs> so so yeah so I kept going for the the remaining three minutes I think I I picked up the pace a little bit I I, I absolutely have no idea and then um, we had the final countdown and um, and again when we stopped the treadmill I just remember looking at the the distance it was two hundred sixty one point one hundred and eighty and um, I was the happiest person on earth and everyone was shouting and everyone was celebrating. And um, I got off the treadmill and um, I had a few people just uh, holding my back because um, my legs kept moving backwards. I think I, um, after so, so much time on the treadmill, my perspective was all wrong. So my body, my legs kept moving backwards. So I was walking backwards. So they kept me just pushing me <laughs> to move forward, and um, and yeah, and the weirdest thing was that um, with all the preparation and all the all the if you want visual, visualization that I did during the training, I actually never thought about the moment when I walk off the treadmill. So um, they put a microphone in 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 my hand, and um, I I. I had no idea what to say, so I just said the first thing that came to my mind, and um, and that was that um, this whole event wasn't just about breaking records, but it was about uh, doing something that we are passionate about and maybe achieve something great, and um, and that's really what I what I truly believed, and so um, the, so yeah, I'm happy that it came out the, the, the right way, but. Yeah, I found it a bit strange that I never really thought about what I will say when I walk off the treadmill.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. I know there's heaps of times when I'm out running and you're thinking about what you're going to name this Strava run or what you're going to put on Facebook or, you know, that's yeah. a lot of that kind of visualising sometimes. But I think um, that quote you just touched on there, how it wasn't about breaking records but doing something you're passionate about and at the end of the day it all comes from just helping people out with the camp quality stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and um, and uh, but also and also inspiring other people to give it a go. I I think um, I'm not the I'm not the best runner. Um, I'm I'm not a fast runner, and um, I haven't been running for a long time. And um, I actually during this whole process, I went through to um, to a, a physio that did a, uh, a full scan of my body, a full check, and. Uh, basically came out that, um, yeah, I don't have a, um, a physique of a runner, but um, that, that shouldn't stop me and it shouldn't stop anyone from actually giving it a try. And, um, and I truly believe that in different aspects of our life, sometimes we are kind of worried of giving it a go, whether it's a business, whether it's, a, um, whether it's a, even a work. Uh, because maybe we don't feel like we can be the same as other people, or we can't uh, we can't make it. Um, and I think it, this this event was also for that, just um, just um, giving it a go. And um, in the same way, you never know what um, what you might achieve if you don't give it a try. And if I never. Um, Decided to do a fundraising back in 2012 Um, That half a million dollar or more that we raised to date would have not been raised We managed uh, to support uh, different projects for prevention that simply would have not happened if we if I didn't give it a go and um, In the same way that uh, when I started doing the first fundraise, I had never done done a, a marathon before um, and in the same way, I jumped on the treadmill uh, and uh, aimed for uh, uh, for a record distance. Um, yeah, if I, I was, I guess I've been lucky because I managed to achieve these goals. But at the same time, I gave it a go, and I think yeah. everyone everyone uh, is the same.
2: There's so much wisdom in all that you just said, Luca. I think that's probably. Um a great place to to leave it just with stepping outside your comfort zone and and having a go and having a crack and um yeah i think you can implement that in many areas of your life
1: yeah absolutely absolutely
2: if people have listened to this luca and want to get behind the cause what's the i know there's a documentary coming out with the um run nation film festival and there's a bit of a trailer for that on your vimeo site
1: yeah absolutely so We've made this small documentary that um, is going to be shown around Australia at the Run Nation Film Festival, and uh, starting in um, uh, June 1st in Sydney, and then coming to Melbourne and all around Australia. Uh, But people can go to outruncancer.com and um, and donate to Camp Quality, Um, and um, we are still aiming to reach our target of $100,000 and uh, we still got a, a a fair bit to go uh, and every, every little donation
2: helps. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I'll definitely be dipping into that. I um, have been fully inspired by that and more than happy to throw a few pennies in the bucket. Um, the last question I always finish off with on this podcast is I ask guests if they have a mantra or a quote that they live their life by. Have you got one, Luca? Yeah,
1: okay, there is one. That's that's it. there is one. Yeah, it is uh going out chasing utopias.
2: Yeah, right, very good, very deep.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's actually it's um. I have a tattoo as well on, on that that is something that I came up um, when I was uh, uh, 15 so and um, yeah I, I truly believe again to, to chase um, uh, dreams and uh, utopias in the sense that you you the, the beauty is that you'll never get there is a, a utopia but uh, the fact that you are chasing and not giving up is the most important thing
2: yeah beautiful Thanks for that, Luca. And if um, people can follow you online, have you got any Instagram accounts or Facebook or websites or anything you want to plug to get a bit of awareness?
1: Um, Yes, absolutely. So our website is outruncancer.com. Our Facebook page is Facebook um, um, Outrun Cancer. So those are our main uh, two main um, avenues. But um, if you have any crazy ideas, running idea that you like, to um to to throw at me I'll, i'm more than happy and um uh yeah well if you are gonna do any crazy run and you need support uh please just uh send me an email at uh, luca at outrancancer.com, and i love to help
2: awesome you're an amazing person i look forward to reading the book in a few years time and um <laughs> thanks again for your time thank you episode number 18 of Tell Me Your Tales. What did you think? Let me know about it. Um, Got the Facebook page or a review or flick me an email. All my details are on my website there. Really hope you enjoyed it. Really hope you got something out of it. As I said in the introduction, I know I did. And um, yeah, it's pretty good being able to spend an hour and 10 minutes talking to a guy like Luca and um, being inspired. I've been thinking about it on a couple of my runs the last couple of days, especially when you think it's a bit hard it's probably not as hard as spending 24 hours on a treadmill at just over five minute a kilometer pace so um yeah it's been uh, really important to kind of bring you a show like that one there a quick shout out to a couple of friends of the show Zach and newman had a good win down at the great ocean road 23k on the weekend in the half marathon down there absolutely smashed it and um julian spence i think interview number four it must have been he, um, he won Great Ocean Road again, the full marathon. I think that one's 44K and um, won it quite easy for the third year in a row. So um big shout outs to him. And last week's interviewee, Andy Allison, had a good win in the 7K down at the City to Casino down in uh, Tasmania there. So, um, yeah, some good wins for people at the show. And I know Doug Hammerlock, he had a good win in the uh, 11K event down there, under 33 minutes, which is absolutely smashing it. So, um. It's good to hear that a few listeners are having some good wins and uh, a few interviewees. So must be the podcast rubbing off on them, I reckon. But anyway, that's enough from me. That's a super long show this week. But um, yeah, as I said, really important to kind of bring that kind of content to you. And I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Enjoy your week and I'll talk to you next week. Catch ya.
0: so So believe the choices you